2: Breaking now, a deputy injured in a crash while trying to arrest a man wanted on child sex offense charges. The WRL Breaking News Tracker is on the scene with how the chase unfolded.
3: You'll be waking up to cold and dreary weather when the rain starts tonight and what it means for your
4: morning community.
5: The state veterans home here in Fable is slated to close on Thursday and some families are still scrambling to find new places for their loved ones.
4: We wanted to be in a veteran's
6: home with fellow veterans.
5: We'll tell you about the plan to replace the old building.
6: Right now at 7 o'clock, let's talk about this weather on the way. Many of you are going to wake up to some messy conditions tomorrow. We are talking about a cold rain. Thank you for joining us. I'm Dan Haggerty.
1: And I'm Ashley Rowe, taking a look at this satellite radar view of what is coming into our area in just a matter of hours. Meteorologist Kat Campbell is in the WREL Severe Weather Center with a
3: timeline on when this wet weather clears out. Cat, It's only going to be with us through the first part of the day tomorrow, so it's not a washout day, but it's going to be a pretty gross start to the morning. We've got temperatures in the upper 30s to lower 40s at 6 a.m., a pretty high chance for rain. It's not a heavy rain, but the roads are likely to be wet and we will keep in a 60% chance of rain through about 10 a.m. tomorrow. Temperatures hold pretty steady around the low to mid-40s throughout the morning hours. Here's our system that we are tracking. It originated in Canada. It's already bringing some rain to the mountains, but the rain is not set to arrive here until after midnight, so no need for an umbrella if you're running errands tonight. Once we get to about 2 or 3 in the morning, that's when the rain begins to move in. It's fairly widespread for the early morning risers and still a good chance for rain during the main morning commute. If it's not raining, it's going to be cloudy. The roads are likely to be damp. Lunchtime, there's about a 30% chance of a lingering shower. But by the time the kids are heading home from school, we'll begin to dry out. And there could even be a little bit of sunshine before the sun sets. And then we have some beautiful days where you'll definitely want to make outdoor plans. I'll let you know when to do that coming up. Okay, Kat, thank you.
6: Some breaking news now. Brand new information into our newsroom in just the last half hour. A man wanted for more than two dozen counts of sex crimes with a child is in custody now in Wake County. This after a chase and then an arrest. This is what caused a very large scene near a Wendell neighborhood that uh, locked down this road here for hours. We just learned a deputy also was hurt as this all played out. WREL's Willie Danley is there live. Quite a chain of events tonight,
0: Willie. Uh, What more have we learned tonight? Well, Dan, I'm standing here on Riley Hill School Road in Wendell. This scene has actually died down pretty significantly in the last 10 minutes. But as you can see right behind me, their crews working to get one of the sheriff deputy vehicles towed away that was damaged in this high speed chase. Take a look at this video that I captured here right when I arrived at the scene and you can see how large it is and how many Wake County Sheriff deputy vehicles are here. According to the sheriff's office, deputies attempted to stop a vehicle around 510. The driver of that vehicle did not stop, and the chase started. The suspect was wanted for 28 counts of child sex charges out of Henderson, North Carolina. He was taken into custody near Riley Hill Road and Winchester Drive this afternoon. In the chase, two sheriff deputy vehicles were damaged, and one sheriff deputy got minor injuries in the crash. As of right now, the Wake County Sheriff's Office are not releasing the name of the suspect, but we're going to continue to follow this story and keep you updated with what we find out. Back to you. Definitely. Let us know. Willie Danley live in Wendell. Thanks, Willie.
1: Today, lawmakers questioned why a state veteran's home in Fayetteville had to close abruptly, forcing dozens of residents out. Many questioning why the state was not made aware of the problems, like a leaky roof and environmental concerns sooner. WRL Fayetteville reporter Gilbert Bay spoke with some who say they had to scramble during the holidays to find new places for their loved ones to live.
5: The state veterans home here in Fayetteville is off Cochrane Avenue, right behind the VA hospital. It is slated to close on Thursday, and families of the loved ones who live here now are still scrambling to find new places for them to live. On Thursday, the state veterans home in Fayetteville will close its doors. The facility was built in the 1990s. Louise Sweeney says her 91-year-old father, Army Master Sergeant Edward Sanders, has lived there for the past two years. He's
1: the one that chose to be at the veteran's home, okay? He wanted to be, you know, he served the country, he wanted to be in a veteran's home with fellow veterans.
5: The state has four veterans homes in North Carolina. Sweetie decided to have her father transfer to the one in Kinston, but that's two hours away.
1: And anytime I want, I, you know, if there's an emergency or if there's something he needs, you know, and he calls me and says, can you do this for me or whatever? I can't just say sure, you know, and drive over there, you know, because it only took me like 10 minutes to get to the one here in
5: Fayetteville. Pruitt Health has the contract to run the Fayetteville home, We're told for the past several years they've used dehumidifiers and carpet dryers to control moisture that's in the walls from heavy rain and a leaky roof. Sharon Daniels' mother just turned 91 years old. She believes her health problems are related to mold in the building. She decided to move her mother to a local nursing home. Are you satisfied with that decision? No. Why
7: not? Uh, Poor care. As we speak, she's um, at the ER for the second time here locally at Catero Valley.
5: Now, family members are hoping that when the new facility is built here in Fayetteville, they get priority to move their loved ones back. In Fayetteville, Gilbert Bays, WREL News.
1: Well, at today's meeting, state lawmakers said the future of the current building is not etched in stone. They want more information before they decide whether to tear it down and build a new facility or make repairs on the old one
2: happening right now here in the WRL Live Center. We are monitoring the Raleigh City Council meeting just started a few minutes ago. We're expecting to hear from residents on the New Bern area where that BRT line is going to run through. This is that yellow line showing where that route's going to be. And there have been concerns about how this uh, BRT or bus rapid transit line could possibly uh, displace some homeowners or put the line in a place where some residents don't think it really should be or do well with. So uh, this is uh, you can see right here the Newburn Station area planning—that's the conversation they're going to be having. This is an opportunity for those who live in that community to give their feedback, both for and against the project that's been underway now for the past couple of months. We have a crew there; we'll monitor this story for you. We have more
6: updates tonight on Fox 50 at 10 and WREL at 11 o'clock. All right, thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. So right now, there is a desperate need for correctional officers inside prisons in our state. In fact. Vacancies there are near record high, and this is forcing officials to actually shut down thousands of beds and even hire private security to fill the gap. WRL's Chelsea Donovan has a closer look now at the impact behind prison walls.
4: Now hiring, you can't miss these big signs outside of Central Prison in Raleigh. Right now, the prison here alone needs 300 correctional officers behind these walls. They alone are operating at a 50% vacancy rate. This is one of the highest vacancies that I think we've seen in history. Brandishon Harris, Chief Deputy Secretary with the North Carolina Department of Adult Corrections, started out 30 years ago as a correction officer herself. Corrections as a whole is mission work, um, is second chances. Um, If you believe in being able to to people who deserve a second chance, um, it's a job for you. They are the men and women that keep those behind these walls safe, but right now they are stretched thin. There are more than 8,100 total correctional officer positions across the prison system. Over 3,200 of them, about 39%, are vacant. 16 of the state's 53 prisons have half or more of their correctional officer positions open. We have the bed space and don't have the staff to secure the, ba- the bed space and that's an unusual position to be in due to the vacancies more than 5300 prison beds across 25 facilities are temporarily closed this is a a, a new Um, part of our world. Another new part of this prison world, hiring private security officers, roughly 400 of them, to man the prisons because they simply don't have enough staff to go around. Last year, prison staff racked up 1.6 million hours of overtime to help keep operations going. Harris says the pay is competitive and the career rewarding. Our starting pay um, for a CO is um, around thirty-six thousand for CO1, but then if you look at our CO3 in six years, they'll be at about fifty-two thousand. You can see here at Raleigh Central Prison, they're offering open interviews a couple times a week, and even a seven-thousand-dollar sign-on bonus for correctional officers. You can find more information on our website, wrl.com. Chelsea Donovan, WRL News, Raleigh. A carryman has a warning for his neighbors after a stolen check
1: turned into thousands of dollars missing from his bank account. John Leskovic says he put a check in his mailbox on the 13th. A thief nabbed it, washed it, changed the name and amount and then cashed it for $3,000. Police are now searching for the suspect. Police in Southern Pines are also warning about a spike in check thefts from mailboxes. All have been washed and cashed for $4,000 to $5,000. Police have no evidence the thefts are connected. Still ahead, health leaders want more addiction services across the country. The addictions North Carolinians battled the most. And what one local recovery center is doing to try and get them the help they need.
6: The government substance abuse division called SAMHSA is continuing to shine the spotlight on addiction, highlighting the need for more services across the country.
1: WREL's health reporter Grace Haba looks into the drugs North Carolinians are battling most and what one recovery center says could help more people get the help they need. We know that recovery centers play a real central role in helping people who are struggling with substance use uh, find and, I'd say, sustain recovery.
8: Speaking during the administration's 20th Prevention Day event Monday, SAMHSA officials raised awareness of the need for more recovery centers nationwide.
2: Raleigh's a growing area.
8: A growing population means a growing need for addiction treatment. That's what prompted B. Reeves to open New Waters Recovery in North Raleigh about a year and a half ago.
2: We do detox and we also do diagnostic assessments. Reeves says
8: alcohol is what his staff helps people detox from the most. But in recent years... Fentanyl has been on the rise.
2: Fentanyl, for sure, it, it skews to a younger, the younger uh, demographic.
8: According to North Carolina's health department, at least 2,838 people died from fentanyl overdoses between January and October of 2023. It's a slight 1% increase from the year before for the same time frame. Professionals in addiction recovery think that the leveling off is a good sign after several years of double-digit increases in overdoses. Wider distribution of Narcan may also be helping.
2: People hear that something has fentanyl in it, and the conventional wisdom would say those people want to stay away from that, but addicts, they want that, you know they call those hot shots, and they want to get as close to ODing as possible without actually dying, so they're going to go after that. And then you also get people who don't know any better, who buy another drug, cocaine, or even weed, and it has fentanyl in it.
8: To fight addiction in all forms, Reeves says it starts with fighting stigmas.
2: Those three words, I need help, are the most powerful three words to so many people.
8: And opening more centers to help those in need.
2: That's on us individually as New Waters Recovery and as as, a, as an industry to make sure that, that there is just more uh, awareness that we exist.
8: Making sure anyone who walks through doors like these knows. And
2: there's nothing wrong with asking for help.
8: And they are not alone. Grace Haba,
1: WRAL News. And if you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, you can call the SAMHSA crisis line at any time at
6: 1-800-662-HELP. Duke Energy is making it easier for people with electric vehicles to keep their cars charged up and running. It launched the EV Charger Rental Program, the Charger Solution Program, which gives residential and business customers the opportunity to lease EV chargers from the company at a low monthly cost. And this will cover the hardware, a warranty, and maintenance. Vehicle owners will be able to choose which charger they want and uh, and and for how long you can find more information on Duke Energy's website. Breeze Airways is bringing three new nonstop flights to RDU this morning. The airline announced new seasonal routes to Syracuse, Burlington, Vermont and Portland, Maine. Those routes will have twice weekly service. It starts in May. They bring the total routes now offered by breeze from RDU to 15.
1: Isn't this amazing? Take a look at some new galaxies the Webb Space Telescope has captured. These newly released images show 19 spiral galaxies
3: near the Milky Way. And the new galaxies range in distance between 15 and 60 million light years from Earth. Joining us now live to talk about this is my friend NASA Ambassador Tony Rice. Thanks, Tony, for being with us this evening.
7: Thanks for having me.
3: And, you know, this is really, really cool stuff because these images are allowing scientists to see the structure of these clouds of gas Mm -hmm. and dust that form stars. And for the first time, this could help us better understand how a star is born and its whole lifespan. So tell us about this.
7: Yeah, and it also helps us better understand the structure of our own galaxy that we live in, because that's a spiral galaxy as well. As you look at these images, and they're very, very beautiful, uh, you see these reds and these oranges and things like that. Uh, And that's what is unique to the James Webb Space Telescope, named for North Carolina native uh, James Webb, by the way. Uh, But what James Webb gives us is that the Hubble telescope didn't give us, uh, and allows us to put the James Webb images alongside Hubble, is that view into the infrared. And being able to see infrared light uh, with these telescopes gives us the ability to see all those things that you're talking about. Infrared light really pushes through all the gas and the dust that's hidden in these nebulae, and that's how stars are born. So we need to see that structure, need to be able to understand how the stars put themselves together over millions and billions of years.
1: I'm so curious about this with now being able to see this infrared view, uh, you know, from your vantage point, what piques your interest now that you're able to see these photos and, and just see the complexity and with such detail?
7: I think one of my favorite things is seeing the version that the James Webb Space Telescope is putting together alongside the visible light images that we got from the Hubble Space Telescope. We're seeing the same structure, we're seeing the same galaxies, but so many new details are emerging, again, because that infrared light really can punch its way through all the gas and dust. And we start to see these these dust lanes that are formed. And you can see that there in that image there that are being drawn in and forming that brand new star.
3: It is really, really cool stuff. We want to remind anybody who has families at home, kids that are really interested in this, there's a cool event happening this weekend at the NC Museum of Natural Sciences. So be sure to check that out. I know they'll be talking about that there, Tony. Thank you so much for joining us. I mean, those are real images. This is not a sci-fi movie. Exactly. Those were really taken. And, you know, that's also going to lead to hundreds of hours of research. There's a lot to learn. We just got to see these images. So I'm really excited to see what's going to come out of them in the next couple of years. a exactly. to study. Cool stuff. And, you know, we're studying them here in the Weather Center as well. But let's take things back to Earth for now and let you know what to expect this week. We've got some really, really beautiful weather coming our way. Nice weather to get outside this week. 63 in Raleigh on Friday, 65 in Fayetteville, 61 in Rocky Mountain. Even Asheville is going to be up to 60 on Friday. So just an early heads up here that we've got gorgeous weather to end the work week. Start thinking about making some outdoor plans later this week. Tomorrow, not the day to do it. Tomorrow we're at 48. We've got rain for the first part of the day. It's cloudy, it's cool feels a lot more like January, but as we get into Thursday and Friday, we're going to be back in the 60s for two days. Those are the only two days in the 60s. Outside of Beach Mountain tonight, they're actually expecting to see some snow. You can see a couple people out there enjoying some late night skiing or shoveling the snow there in the distance. This clipper system often can lead to some interesting winter weather in North Carolina. However, we just don't have a good cold air source for this. I would like to see that high pressure a little farther south and west, but for us, this is going to be a chilly, Rain and for the mountains they should see some snow. It will blow by pretty quickly. Clipper systems move very fast. We'll see the rain move in overnight, so the rain doesn't get here until about 2-3 AM. It should stick around through the morning commute tomorrow, so expect a soggy start to the day. You may want to leave a little bit of extra time for the commute, but it's not a heavy rain. Lunchtime, perhaps an isolated shower left, and we should be dry after that. So during the afternoon and evening, that's going to be the time to get outside, get your dog walk in, and get your exercise in. Looking at tonight's lows, we're going to be in the mid thirties in Roxborough, upper thirties in Durham, around 40 in Raleigh, 42 in Fayetteville, as the rain moves in, we may actually see these numbers go up a couple degrees tomorrow morning. And as we get into tomorrow afternoon, high temperatures are going to range from about 45 in Roxboro, 47 Durham, 48 in Raleigh and 51 in Fayetteville. All around, it's going to be a cloudy and cool day. Though as we get to tomorrow evening, we should begin to see some breaks in the clouds. So just in time for the sun to set tomorrow, it may end up being a pretty nice day. The clouds clear out and then it gets cold again after tomorrow night. We're going to be back down near freezing Thursday morning. After that freezing start, though, temperatures quickly rebound. We're at 61 Thursday, 63 on Friday. A little bit cooler for the weekend, and then the next system that we're going to be watching will arrive Sunday into Monday. That one brings quite a bit of cloud cover with it. Still some question marks on whether or not it will bring rain. I know a lot of schools and students pay close attention to Groundhog Day. That is coming up on Friday. We do expect the groundhog to see it shadow here in Raleigh. We have Sir Walter Wally here in raleigh that we look at and given that it'll see a shadow we're likely to see six more weeks of winter
6: i like it i like how we are predicting what the groundhog will predict mm-hmm. it's <laughs> very it meta it's very deep.
1: so yeah going hand I in know. hand with a little critter and six more weeks of winter you know there are a lot of people who are still hoping to see a little bit of snow mm-hmm. so i haven't given up hope yet there you go still ahead if you are in the market for a lake norman mansion you might want to check out christian mccaffrey's how much it's selling for as the former Panthers star gears up for a Super Bowl appearance with the 49ers. Faithful! Former Carolina Panthers star Christian McCaffrey is selling his North Carolina mansion.
6: So as he has set his sights on the Super Bowl, uh, with the 49ers, this is uh, we, we take uh, our sights and we aim it at his nor his uh, Lake Norman estate, $12.5 million. Pretty nice. Inspired by the French countryside. The home spans 8.6 acres in uh, Southern Iredale County. The 11,831 square foot home has 26 total rooms, including six bedrooms, seven and a half bathrooms. It features access to the lake, a floating dock, a gated driveway. McCaffrey's realtor says the home could set a record for the Charlotte mm. Metro, at least uh, I'm sure he's hoping that it sets a
1: yes, a record exactly. For the, man,
6: that's a beautiful, that's a nice really house, nice house. Is. So ESPN's College Game Day basketball pregame show is coming to Chapel Hill,
1: and they will be live from the Dean Smith Center on Saturday. That'll happen ahead of the first battle of the Blues this season. The hour-long show will be live starting at 11 a.m. Lines can start forming at 7:30 Saturday morning, with the Smith Center doors opening at 8:30. The UNC clear bag policy will be in effect for this game. We all know the, uh, the game day tradition of, of bringing signs to trash talk your opponents. Uh, here's what they're asking. Fans are encouraged to bring signs, but signs with religious or political reference, uh, promotional references or hashtags, profanity, none of that is allowed. UNC
6: looking for redemption after Duke won both games last year. WRAL has team coverage of Saturday's game and all of the fanfare surrounding it. You can look for live reports from Chapel Hill and Duke. It's a great game. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: That's great energy that's going to be there on Saturday. I've always wanted to go to a game day experience. I've got to get myself there.
6: uh, That would be a good one to, Mm -hmm. to check out. Thanks for being with us tonight.
1: Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. Have a great night.
7: Keep watching WRAL News over the air, Channel 34 and Spectrum Channel
5: 1257.
2: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.